You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to the second episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Hi, Owen. Good to be back. And today we're going to be chatting about some of the core components of banking products, budgeting, and get into emergency funds. Mm -hmm. Now, it might sound a little bit daunting. I think I read in a book once that... uh, Looking at your finances and actually like figuring out where your money goes is about as scary as standing naked in front of a crowd of people. Oh, that, was from that Melissa, one, wow. That was from Melissa Brown. So it can yep. be daunting. It can also be pretty boring. It can be pretty, yeah, like I said, just scary, I guess. Yeah. But it's really important. Mm, right? And especially if you don't currently know where all your money's going, the outgoings, it's taking a good look can be quite surprising. That's right. You, you, you need to know where your money's going before you can actually you know, begin to save and yep. then you can only begin to invest really once you start to save. Mm. And people try and do it with and debt. Yeah, but it's You not see a, the whole picture. That's right, yeah. So we're going to talk about some of the, the bank accounts that people might use to do this and then we're going to jump into some budgeting strategies, some debt strategies and then building this thing that we call an emergency fund. Yeah. And then we'll have a quick recap at the end. So firstly, just quickly, what are the types of products that someone might use to save? So we've sort of broken it down to those key, your savings accounts, your Mm -hmm. transaction accounts and the debit cards because that's sort of the best way to actually spend your money. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess we want to look at some of the key things you should be checking out when getting these products because most people already have them. So making sure you're paying no fees if possible, which Mm. nowadays I think is pretty common. Yeah, you can do it. Um, looking, if you've got a savings account, which hopefully you all, all do have, looking for the highest interest rates and especially looking for interest rates that don't have a honeymoon period, which mm. 
which really means the the bank's advertising, oh, this is 2.8% for four months only. Then it drops down to 1%. So mm. that's quite common. Um, if you're seeing big advertising billboards, they'll often put a honeymoon rate so you uh, not be okay. able to read the fine print properly. And they try and uh, oftentimes they, they tie the savings account to a transaction account. Yes. And then the transaction account may have some type of fee. Yeah. You know, and that's where they try and get you. So... It's just important to read through those disclosure documents. Mm. And they normally have a very easy to read section, like a fee schedule type thing on the website. Yeah, yeah. I think quite a few financial institutions are trying to make the fee section a bit easier to understand. And so mm. you know what the ATM fees are. So that's another thing to look for. If you're regularly withdrawing cash from your transaction account, maybe looking for an account that has ATM fee free or fee rebates. Yep, absolutely. And the thing is, you and I both know that there are banks that don't charge any of these types of fees, mm. so there's really no reason to pay them. And people think that it's a very small difference, but over even a year, it might be, I'm going to say, it might be like a thousand bucks per person, right? And then over a, a lifetime, if, you, if you're investing that money, it makes a big difference. Mm. I want to draw uh, attention to two more, I suppose you could call them bank accounts, which is an offset account and a redraw. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go out and get a mortgage just to get one of these accounts, <laughs> but if you do have an a mortgage, an off- offset or redraw facility, as it's called, are very um, good ways, I think, to save, provided, once again, that you don't pay for them. Yeah. So, an offset is simply you put money into one account and, it, in a way, it deducts the value from your mortgage so you're not paying as much interest on the, on the mortgage that you have outstanding. And a redraw is effectively paying forward on your mortgage and then you can pull it out, usually in $500 increments. So, those are two accounts that can be very tax effective yep. at times, but they can also return more than a traditional savings account. But once again, don't go out and get a mortgage just because <laughs> you can get a redraw or, or an offset account. Uh, so what are the types of, we've already talked about the types of things that you could look for in a transaction or a savings account. Where would we go to find the best savings accounts? What, what are some tools that we could use to help, you know, find the bank account that's right for us? <laughs> some of the uh, best comparison sites I've used are either Canstar, Finder or Choice and we'll put the links to those in the comments below but they they do give you a good way to compare different options whether it be a savings transaction account and for different features and mm. different interest rates. Um, and But bear in mind some of these sites do get kickbacks and commissions so mm. it is worth checking out because sometimes they don't list all the available options. That's right, yeah. I- now, I could be wrong, but I think choice is different because I think choice takes, I pay choice every year. I think I pay them a hundred bucks, 150 bucks a year. And they give me research on health insurance and all different types of stuff. And the difference is that's how they're getting paid. Whereas mm. some of the other sites get paid from that kickback from the bank. Yeah. So I think I like that. I like that yeah. clean cut transparency. I guess it comes back to how is this site getting paid? If if you're not paying for the service, then they're getting the money somehow. That's right. Yeah. If it's if yeah, there's no free which, lunch. which is most things in finance. If you're not paying for it, then yeah, someone, someone someone else is. is. And uh, you know, they're still regardless of where they get however they're getting paid, if you don't purchase anything, you can still use them for free information. Yeah. And you can do your own research, right? And you can go directly to the sites that, um, themselves. That's right, exactly. They probably wouldn't like us saying that, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's jump now into budgeting. We've got the tools and I suppose the in the finance language, the products yep. that help that <laughs> we can use to save. But what good are you know bank accounts if we don't have, I guess, a budget? Yeah. Okay, so let's 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 start. I think I'll kick this off and yep. say I see a lot of people fail with their budgets because they 
don't uh, give themselves the right behavioral, I suppose, nudges. So things like setting up a separate bank account for your, for your emergency savings, something that you can't touch, something that doesn't have a debit card linked to it, really good one. It just takes away that, I suppose, that, that impulse that you might mm. just spend that on whatever you're going to go spend it on. The other one is to think about as you go through getting a budget is to have a float or like an, a little a little emergency balance. So what I mean is when people come to me, I say, can you sell items around the house to build up, say, a thousand, two thousand bucks? And then that if something happens while you're getting in the rhythm of budgeting, that can be your fallback. Yeah, because it's, it's no use putting a whole budget together and then your car's broken down and then the budget's just ruined for the month and you've just given up on it all. That's right. Like people have these New Year's resolutions and they start on January 1st and then their red Joe and their, you know, their health insurance is all due in January and they forgot about that and they haven't adequate, they haven't got to that amount of, I suppose, budgeting prowess or cash flow that they can then go and pay for those. So it's really important that you give yourself that opportunity to not be too hard on yourself too mm. and just have that, have that in mind. So one good example is just selling stuff on eBay or Gumtree. Yeah, and maybe um, helping out your neighbours with some gardening or yeah. anything like that, some sort of freelance work. Yep, freelance. You can go to the website Freelancer, Elance, all these websites. If you have some sort of skill, you can do it online or you can sell you know, trinkets, whatever you do. Yeah, I've heard some very creative ways people have come up with their initial emergency fund because if it's taking too long to get through your normal income, they've done a lot of mm. different creative things, even picking up extra shifts on the side just so they get to the that minimum float amount they need. Yeah, just so they get, you know, they know that that money from that shift goes to whatever their, their current goal is. So, okay, this is saying that people have, and it's um, it's a really good one. It says that the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. And this is about getting the right habits. And obviously, the sooner you can do this, the better. So, I have friends that, you know, they see money as, you know, it's very valuable. So, them holding on to money is really important. And they'll be really creative in the ways that they go about saving money and making sure that they keep the money and they don't just give it away frivolously. So, mm. you know, I've got a friend that isn't afraid to go to Salvos to find a dress or some clothing or, you know, they would even go so far as probably to make something. And mm. it's not because they, um, you know, they're a miser and they really just want to hoard money, <laughs> but it's because they, you know, they can be creative, but also... They, they don't see the, the value in spending, you know, $150 on a new dress or whatever it might be. Uh, so, you know, that's that's just an example, again, of how you can be creative. And it doesn't have to be a, a real chore to save money. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea here is with the, the chains of habit is that people, you know, they start with something really small and they give themselves like a concession and then eventually that snowballs and you get to a point where, you know, you're indebted, you've got multiple mm. lines of credit and, it can be, you know, it can just be toxic. Mm -hmm. So it's best to avoid that. Just nip it straight yeah. away and deal with it. Have you, have you got any examples where people maybe be creative with this sort of stuff? Or yeah, I've seen. Um, it's actually quite a big. There's the debt-free community on Instagram, which is huh. quite interesting to see the very creative ways people actually um, save money or cut expenses to become debt-free. And it's really, it's, it's quite good that they're actually sharing their experiences, but whether it be having your cheese and wine night at home with friends instead mm. of going out or uh, setting up a home movie theater just for the night so all your friends can come instead of going out to the cinema. Um, I've definitely seen repairing of clothes. <laughs> Some <laughs> people have done a whole year without buying clothes as a challenge. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I'd struggle with that, but uh, very creative ways to get out of debt. And I'll link to some of those in the show notes. Yeah, but 
um, if people seriously want to commit to getting out of debt, they find they find the way. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a bit, bit de- more detail soon. But let's talk about, can you give me just a simple budgeting strategy? What is a way that once you work out what you're making and perhaps what you're spending, yeah. what's a really easy way to think about maybe what you could save? Yeah, well, one of the common methods I've seen online and I've sort of tried to implement that myself is the the 50, 20, 30 budget where you're spending 50% on essentials. So your rent, your electricity, everything like that. You're spending 30% on personal, whether that be gym, new clothes, healthcare, mm-hmm. and then 20% is going into savings. So this is using those broad percentages. It really can adjust based on whatever your income is. And I find that's a lot easier to use that kind of budget using those holistic yeah, buckets, as you'd say, rather than micromanaging I did try for a few months having the $50 to healthcare $50 on clothes and it just things come up that you're not aware of or suddenly you have to go get Mm. a ticket to see a family member and yeah I think it's really hard to work with the micro budget I know some people really love having everything budgeted down to the exact t but I think having a holistic budget sort of like the 50 20 30 budget is a lot more helpful yeah I think it's when you do start to micromanage your budget like that, it becomes, you can be at risk of becoming what we call miser, like someone that yeah. has an unhealthy relationship and and really doesn't allow themselves to enjoy life while they yeah. go along and they think about every expense in a really unhealthy way. So I think, and let's be honest, no one really wants to spend any more time than they have to working out which which way they want their budget to go this month, next month, this week, etc. So I too subscribe to this very simple way of, of allocating money so mine is just probably a tiny bit more complicated in the fact that i want to pay myself first i want to invest i you know we'll get to investing in a few, few episodes time but i want to invest money so i kind of allocate that away first and, and that's 20 percent for me that 20 percent can go to at first paying down debt you can use it for whatever but i use it for investing and then you have this other 80 percent, and out of that you know you got short-term expenses, long-term expenses, you've got savings, you've got holidays, that sort of stuff. So you kind of live off 80% and then you allow the the 20% to invest. And I think that's a very similar way to do it. And I just, I have a few more details, which I'll link to in the show notes. You can actually see my budget there. So um, have a look at it, remember it. You can even think about the the parts that you want to use too. How about you, Kate? Do you use the 80, I mean, sorry, the 50, 20, 30? Um, I'm quite quite similar. I probably put a bit more into savings and Mm -hmm. investings because I can, being quite young and having no children, relationships, anything like that. It makes it a lot easier. Um, And I guess taking advantage of whatever you can at the time. So Mm -hmm. if you are young, if you do have the opportunity to still be at home, taking that advantage and really... Um, getting your savings and emergency fund going and why you have the opportunity. And I've used a, a great free app. It's by an Australian company called Frollo, but I know there's a few others, Pocket Book, and there's a free Track My Spend yeah, by the spend. Um, Money, Money Smart. Smart. So yep. it's a government app. Um, and you can actually use those apps and it's, it's very surprising to work out what your priorities actually are when you mm. when you actually look at them and get them categorized into how much did you spend on entertainment and food, and you realize oh you actually spend a lot more on books mm. and food than you thought. So um, it's often been said that don't just say what you value; it's actually you value what you are actually spending. So yeah, that's it. What you say and what you do could be yeah. two different things. Um, yeah. So you might say travel's really important for me, but 
unfortunately I had never have enough money to go. But if you actually take a look at where you're spending and you're spending most of it on food or entertainment, then mm. maybe you've got to sort of adjust where your priorities are. That's right. And you can only you can only make those adjustments once you know, Yeah. right? And that's the thing. Most people don't get to the point where they want to know. Yeah, even if it's just taking a pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet, uh, really working out, nutting out where you spend your money and where you want to decrease so you can have more in your emergency fund or have more in your um, travel fund. Yeah, that's right. And it's just, once again, these budgets are really easy to use. I've used one of them, uh, the Track My Spend app from Money Smart, which we'll link to in the show notes. Before we go any further, I, I really want to sit back and just talk about why we would even do this in the first place. So the reason why we would you know, expose ourselves to this is so that we can identify where we're spending money and then make changes and hopefully save some so we can invest. And the difference is when you start to invest as opposed to when you start to just spend on whatever you like is that you begin to earn interest or you begin to benefit from having money. Yeah, and you than, get to make your money work for you. That's right. That's, and people say that and it, it sounds like they just it sounds like a throwaway line. Like it doesn't, oh, yeah, good on you. You know, you make money work for you, sure. But it actually is incredible, the, 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 the power that this has. It might, it might sound like a long time, you know, three or five years, but after that time, you know, you might find that if you invest and you do it well, you might be making more money from your investments than you are from saving from your job, yeah. you know. So it, it's an incredible thing. It starts small, but it's like this idea of little bits lots of times. Yeah. And, and you do that only after you, you spend less than what mm. you make. So, you know, we'll get, well, I'm sure compound interest will come up again and again and again throughout the series, but it's just about identifying what's your non-negotiable and then what is your negotiable yep. and working from there. One thing that we mentioned earlier on was this idea of an emergency fund. Yeah. Can you explain what it is, why you have one, and why it's really important? Emergency fund is essentially a sort of three to six months of basic expenses saved up in a separate bank account Mm -hmm. that hopefully you don't have a transaction card directly to Mm -hmm. um, that will help you deal with the unexpected financial events in life, such as uh, you you made redundant at work, you've got an injury, um, you have to book a last-minute flight to see a family member, mm-hmm. and it really helps you avoid going into consumer debt um, to fund these unexpected eventualities. Yeah, so when you say consumer debt, you mean like credit cards, using credit yeah, cards? Yeah, or a personal or... loan because yeah. personal loans prey on people going having these unexpected life situations you you see the I've looked at a few of the websites this week and it says oh injured at work lost your job last yeah. minute flight get a personal loan with us and they're charging definitely over 20% interest rates per annum so it's that's insane. crazy yeah so they're taking advantage of uh, the the people who who are in need yeah yeah so you never want to be I mean that's kind of like the worst thing that can happen because you get stuck in that situation yeah. and the, the loans just hang around for years and years and years. Yeah, and these with these interest rates, it, the loans are doubling very – in a couple of years, they double and it yeah. can get you into a really nasty situation. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned it there. You said that we'd use this emergency fund and I would – I keep this in a savings account. So this isn't invested. It's not in anything that's really exotic. Like I'm not trying to make a lot of money from it. This is just something that's simple it's not necessarily accessible. Like I can't just go and get my new card out and just yeah. tap and then I buy something with it. This is some, you know, I can transfer in and out, but it's something that is reserved specifically for emergencies, right? Yeah. And also gives you that peace of mind having that there. So if anything unexpected happens, you know your emergency fund set up. Mm. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier on was that three to six months. 
Why would why would someone need to save three to six months? Um, well, commonly that's sort of the time that you might need to get a new job mm-hmm. or also three to six months might cover you if you have an injury or anything like that or an unexpected flight. So it's giving you enough of a runway before you can find income some other mm-hmm. way if if that's what you need and, yep. and also if some reason you can't work for a few months to cover your living costs. Yeah, I, I did a bit of research before we came in and uh, I found out that the average time it takes to get a, a new job in Australia at the moment, and it's a pretty good jobs market in Australia, at this time it's about six to eight weeks. So even if you're a very employable person, it might take six to eight weeks. That's six to eight weeks of lost income. You know, if you've got a mortgage, if you've got rent, that's, that stuff doesn't mm. stop just because you injure yourself or you lose yeah. your job. And another thing that you, you, you mentioned there is it can take a while if you do injure yourself to get income protection, which is mm. a type of insurance that we'll talk about soon. You know, that can take three months from the date that you injure yourself or you see the doctor. So it's it's really important that you have three to six months. And I say if you're, you know, a single income family, six months. If you're maybe someone such as yourself that lives from lives at home still, maybe three months is okay. But it's going to be, and you're going to get there pretty quickly, right? But the longer you can have, the better. It, it starts to get an issue, I think, when you get to, say, 12 months or 18 months because then you start to have all this cash that's not really earning that much money mm. that really should be invested. But the one exception to that, I guess, is someone that's nearing retirement when yeah. you probably want a bit more cash. You probably want a couple of years. And let's be honest, by then you probably have a fair few investments or whatever you, or you'd hope. So uh, so that's why you'd have an emergency fund. Um, and I would always have one prior to investing. Yeah. Because what tends to happen is that when investment markets do really badly and say they crash 40 or 50% and it does happen, that tends to be the time when you become unemployed. So it's like these two really bad events happening at the one time and you you might say, oh, that would never happen, but it does. And you don't want to be the person that has to sell your investments at the worst possible price mm. because you your budget wasn't working or you didn't have this emergency cash balance. So it's really important that you get on top of this and that starts with probably paying down that debt and then building up the emergency fund. Yeah. Okay, so that kind of that, I think that brings us to the end of the conversation. So, what are some key talking points? What are we? What are the action points? What should people be taking away from this episode? So, I guess the the main thing is review your current bank accounts, whether that be your debit cards, transactions, savings account, and mm-hmm. make sure you are getting the best rates available and you're not paying fees if possible, yep. and you've got got the right account for you. Yep. I guess one of the other key things is to sort of start thinking about what you earn and what you spend and work out a budget. There's so much online because everyone budgets differently. So working out Mm. um, exactly where your priorities are and the budget that works for you, whether that be putting your money into different accounts for different reasons or really that micro micro budget. Um, And then once you've sort of worked out the budget, then starting to think about building that emergency fund Mm. and whether that be three months, six months, whatever works for you, having that aside before you get started with investing, which we'll be talking about in future episodes, is really important. Absolutely. So there's three big takeaways, bank accounts, budget, emergency fund. Yes. I like it. So all the show notes uh, will be online. You can see my budget. Kate's got an example of that uh, 50, 20, 30 budget. Yep. Use that as a jumping off point and um, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining me, Kate. No worries, Owen.
Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.